Hello, and welcome back to another riveting episode of What's the Lesson, the podcast where we dive deep into the heart of parenting, connection, and the lessons we learn along the way. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, and today's episode, we're touching on a heavy topic that's been stirring up in our community. Recent events in our area have left us all a bit shaken, and it's bringing to light some critical conversations about parenting, specifically how we navigate tough times and conversations with our children. It's a delicate balance, isn't it? Setting boundaries while still fostering a bond based on understanding and mutual respect. Around here, we don't advocate for a dictatorship style of parenting. Instead, we're all about the same team mentality. It's about guiding, not governing. Disciplining, yes, but with a focus on teaching valuable lessons that our children can carry into the various chapters of their lives. So how do we maintain that crucial balance? How do we discipline effectively while nurturing the beautiful budding relationship we're building with our kids? That's what we're exploring today. So whether you're on your morning jog, commuting, or just taking a moment for yourself, let's unpack this together and find the lesson in it all. And to enhance your experience, we're pumped to introduce today's podcast sponsor, Cadre, your comprehensive digital solution for mental health and wellness. And exclusively for our listeners, Cadre is offering a free trial. Just download the app Cadre.io on your phone and use the code JillMary to begin your wellness journey. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to What's the Lesson, the podcast that takes you on a deep dive into the world of character development. We're Jill and Mary, the dynamic duo behind Girls Mentorship. We foster self-confidence, self-esteem, and self-awareness for tween and teen girls, along with their invaluable network of supporters through events, resources, and mentorship. Picture us as your coaches walking alongside you through the world of social-emotional learning and think of this podcast as your own personal roadmap. We'll support you in discovering obstacles that might be holding you back and gain clarity on why this work is a game changer, not only for your growth, but for the next generation of leaders as well. Alongside our fantastic guests, we're here to share knowledge about how you can change old patterns of behavior and make sense of those WTF moments, shifting them into lessons that can drastically improve your life instead. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a superhero stay-at-home mom, or someone fueled by boundless curiosity, our mission is crystal clear, to supercharge your emotional intelligence and sprinkle the magic of SEL into every corner of your life. Okay, so we're going, I guess, a little off the cuff today. And maybe this is just us getting more comfortable talking. <laughs> where isn't it funny that before we hit record, we can have such normal, natural conversations, but when we get into recording, it's prim and proper. Or We're like, okay, you talk, <laughs> I talk, and uh, don't laugh and be respectful. Yeah, you know, after a hundred some odd episodes, we're here. We've arrived. Just kidding. We'll never arrive. It's never a destination. It's always about the journey. Anywho, if you are a resident in Arizona, it's likely that you've heard about the Preston Lord case. And if you haven't heard about the Preston Lord case, back in October, it was October 28th to be exact, a 16-year-old was beat to death at a Halloween party in Queen Creek, Arizona. 
Um, if you know anything about Arizona, Queen Creek is generally regarded as mostly safe. I think Gilbert, Arizona is the second safest city in the United States. Very family friendly. Super family friendly. Yeah. It's what, like a far east suburb of Scottsdale? Yeah. I feel <laughs> like if, if you want to kind of escape the city life, you go to Gilbert, mm-hmm. Queen Creek to raise a family. But I mean, great schools, great sports. It just feels like it's its own city. It really is. It's very quaint, I would say. It sounds funny because obviously it's a city. However, if you know the layout of Phoenix, Scottsdale, the surrounding areas, it's one big valley. So you literally do not have to leave your bubble, but you're only Mm -hmm. 20 minutes away from Scottsdale. Right. So um, this took Arizona, namely Queen Creek, by total surprise. Um, And it's been – over two months since anything has come out um, about suspects or arrests being made. At the time of this recording, there have been no suspects named and no arrests made. The one big thing that has happened, however, is charges were officially filed with the county attorney, which that is the beginning domino of arrests being made. So the charges need to be accepted and then they will hopefully within the next few days um, begin making arrests. Now, the public doesn't know who those charges are against, but it named seven teens and seven adults. And if you don't know anything about the story, you might be thinking, holy shit, seven? And yes, seven, because in the two months that this case has been investigated, there has been a lot that has come out about what's been going on in Queen Creek, Arizona, as well as Gilbert, Arizona. Well, and you and I have been so invested in this because of the work that we're in with youth mental health. But the unfortunate thing is one child, one teen lost his life. But really what this opened was Pandora's box because of the seven teens that were a part of this, I don't even know. Incident. Incident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But what's opening up based off of this incident and Preston's death is more people coming forward that their kid was a victim in some fight or um, whatever that, that is. So more cases are now being opened. Reopened. Reopened because of what has happened with Preston. So let me see if I can just give you the quick and dirty. Um, I, fun fact about me, wanted to be a journalist for a long time. So I feel like I latch on to details and do a good amount of investigative journalism um, in checking sources and reading into certain things that have gone on. And what Jill just said was, Apparently, there is a gang, quote unquote, and y'all might laugh at this name, but it's very serious. Um, It it sounds childish. It sounds silly to say out loud. But the reality is, is this gaggle of teenagers has Mm -hmm. been terrorizing the streets of Gilbert for the last year plus. And it's being said that its members, if you want to classify it as a gang, the definition of a gang is um, a little gray in terms of classifying this exact group as a gang. However, this group of 
teens and adults, and we say adults because there are apparently some members allegedly that are 18 plus, is about 40 deep. There are quite a few boys and girls within this group of teenagers that have been going around assaulting people, doing drugs, um, dealing with guns, and overall, yeah, just being a total menaces to the Gilbert Queen Creek area. And the acts of violence that they have committed over the past year plus have been random. So Mm -hmm. according to the Gilbert police, um, they haven't seen a connection to the acts of violence that they have investigated. So they have closed the case on several incidences of teen violence in particular because they didn't see a connection what Preston's murder did was open up this entire, basically pulled the the, the, the curtain back yeah. on what was going on in Gilbert. And because of that, they have reopened, I think the last time I checked was four cases mm-hmm. because, I mean, there has been people that have reported crimes right. and Gilbert Police Department right now is facing a lot of backlash for their inaction, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's that's hard. I, I can't speculate on whether they did, whether right. they didn't, because right. the rumor mill is hot and heavy right now. Yeah. It's spinning. So there are people saying that these teenagers are kids to very wealthy people in the Gilbert area and their crimes were never investigated because mm-hmm. the families paid off the police department. And that's a pretty hefty claim. Absolutely. And I'm sorry, you guys, we are living in 2024 now where we have been waiting for some type of answers for two months. Kids are attached to their cell phones. So the fact that there wasn't any videos or snaps or texts that were coming forward, I know that they needed to take their time to really sift through and come to find out that it did take two months to really compile the information to really point out who these kids were in the, they, they call themselves the Gilbert goons. Oh, I didn't get to that part. You're right. Go. That's what I was yeah. saying is a silly name yeah. as it is. But in reality, mm-hmm. they're a scary bunch of kids. And when we talk about social media, I know that it's a part of our day-to-day lives, but watching a, this compilation of videos that they have extracted over the last year is absolutely frightening. Off of these kids' social media because they're also very brazen about it. Right. Um, So these kids, within the last year, when they would go and disrupt or fight or vandalize, they would set up their cameras and, like, document what was going on. And that, to me, watching that back was really hard. It was really hard. Because I'm like, not only are they being totally disrespectful and disruptive and you name it, fill in the blank. But then to be able to like look back on that and be proud of that, I just, yeah, it was, it's really hard to watch. Well, and there's several reasons as to why it got to this point um, in my mind, working with youth as much as we, we have and being involved uh, personally in a situation very similar with my sister. 
these kids haven't suffered consequences. So when you get away with something little, right, it's the concept of if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want some milk, right? So these kids have not suffered consequences for their actions. And on the contrary, they've actually been given a pass time after time after time after time. And I will say, as a side note, not all of the kids within this gaggle, if you will, are from wealthy families or religious affiliated families. A few of them, quite a few of them have a previous rap sheet and are from less well-to-do families. Um, So I think the spotlight is on the wealthier families because that's very newsworthy. Mm -hmm. Um, But these kids have really gotten away with so much over the last couple of years that they get more and more and more brazen. The second thing that I want to point out in this is it's not just about so when we were in school and we bullied or were bullied or witnessed bullying it was in person. Yeah. Um maybe it was behind somebody's back through gossip or or whatever it was. These kids have a whole new set of tools to be able to bully people now. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the physical or the mental or the verbal, it's now online. So Putting a video out of kicking somebody's ass, beating somebody to the ground, when you put that online, it's now the humiliation that these teens suffer that gives the bullies even more false power and street cred, Mm -hmm. a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the articles that I've read into have said they've taunted the police, like they're putting it out there as like a ha ha, I'm getting away with it. And the more and more they got away with it, the more and more serious their acts of violence became. And it all came to a head on October 28th of 2023 when a 16-year-old lost his life. And from what I've read, it was random. Preston had no connection to these boys other than living in the same area. And that right there is heartbreaking. It is. And I think the conversation we also want to have today is – As a parent, as an adult, what do you do with news like this? Especially as you are raising kiddos of your own, it's hard. And I'm going to speak from a place of I because I have been consumed by I want updates. I want to know more. Um, I want to know that the justice system is going to do the right thing and Well, and can we stop there for a second and talk about what you were just saying in terms of it's been two months and we want a rest and we want this. They've had an overwhelming amount of evidence in terms of snaps and Instagrams and TikToks that, yes, people would speculate that because they had all that evidence, a rest should have been made very quickly. Mm -hmm. But it's very easy to falsify things online, especially with AI right now. So they had to do their due diligence to check out every lead and every piece of evidence or it would have been very easy or it will be very easy for a defense attorney to blow right through the prosecution. And I love that you say that because for me, I need to trust that the experts in their field are going to do their job. Not it's- see true crime junkies <laughs> from the couch. <laughs> what are you doing? Totally. <laughs> or you go online and you just see the harassment of comments just like people just know and they they think they have the answers. Well, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. I truly am a firm believer that the truth will prevail and it's not my job. My job is to be great in other things and be in control of what I'm in control of. So 
I love that you call that out because I tried to not get caught up in that. But what also got me caught up was looking at my own kids and being like, I can't imagine if this were to happen to you or if you were the kids that were doing the crimes. And how old are your children? I have two boys. They are eight and 10. God, and how terrible to look at them in that light. It's awful. And then what what was being projected from me, like I would, I, I felt like they were in high school and, and I'm, you know, now disciplining them because I'm so emotional and kind of tied into this story. And I, I need to check myself. Um, and that's hard because my kids are 10 and eight and I need to treat them as such. But I caught myself a few times totally going to the worst case scenario. And I'm like, they don't even know what's happening, but I'm kind of bringing them in or creating them in an image of like they're bad kids. So I I, I have to be aware. And I think that's the biggest call out of parents is, is having the awareness of knowing what conversations are age appropriate to have with your kids and when and how often to have those conversations. Well, and this came about because there is a several large Facebook groups that have popped up for the community to get involved and share what they know, either from their own social medias or maybe they've had conversations with their kids and things have come out. And there, like I said, is an exorbitant amount of information that have that has come out. And I joined a few of these Facebook groups to get a little bit more in the know myself. I told you I was an investigative journalist. <laughs> Um, and I, what I noticed in these Facebook groups is fear and rightfully so, Mm -hmm. rightfully so. I'm not, I don't want to, um, dismiss anybody's feelings because the fact of the matter is a young boy died at the hands of reckless teenagers and it shouldn't have happened. It should have very much so should have been prevented, but I'm noticing what Jill just said. So I read something from a mom who was just honestly venting, sharing her feelings around how much this whole thing has consumed her and how it was pushing her daughter away because mm-hmm. she brought it up in such a way that was like, do you know this kid? Do you know these kids? Do you know what happened? And um, if you live in Arizona, you know what happened. Right. It's been on the news. It's all been over. all over yeah. every news station this side of the Mississippi. So unless you live under a rock, then yes. But she was saying, I pressed my daughter for information and I thought it was more conversational and every opportunity that I got, I would ask her for if she heard anything else or if her friends knew anything. And that began to drive a wedge Mm -hmm. between her and her daughter. And in my mind, I'm reading this going, gosh, I wish you could take a step back Mm -hmm. and see exactly how that is driving a wedge between you and your daughter, how that is not the right approach to take because there is being a protective parent who wants to keep their child from experiencing that same situation. And I don't fault any parent who lives in that area right now for keeping their kids close. That is the absolute 100% right of a parent. And if your kids don't understand, so be it. You are to be their parent. You're not supposed to be their friend. Mm -hmm. But there is an appropriate way to bring them into the conversation and talk openly and age appropriately about what's going on rather than try to be the dictator. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a good word for it at this yeah. point. Yeah. And it's just, it's remembering your experiences as an adult is different than your teenager. So what is important to you and based off of your own life experiences, 
that is what you're sitting in and your kiddo is still growing and evolving and might not even be thinking about the things that you are and that's okay. And I agree when these awful life experiences or or moments or catastrophic events happen, it's knowing that we want to, of course, inform our kids. We want to let them know because truly this is the world that we're living in. We don't want them to be naive, um, but we need to know our place. Like age-appropriate conversations need to happen, and we just have to trust that they will come to us um, if there are, if there is anything that they're worried about or wants more information on. And the best thing you can do as a parent is just to ask questions. Well, and as a caveat to that, they will come to you if you've created the safe space for them to come 100%. to you. Creating the safe space does not look like jumping down their throat every option that you get and pressing yeah. them and pressing them and pressing them and grilling them and grilling them and grilling them like you're the police detective well, that's trying to seek answers. It's kind of like a micromanager, like oh, yeah. somebody at work who's just like hounding you and hounding you and Did you get your you side work done? Did you check in? Did you check out? Did you do and this? Did, like, they don't trust me. you. You don't – 100%. I yeah. love that you call that out. Yeah. So in order for trust to be a two-way street, you have to, as a parent, create the safe space for your child to come to you with particular information that they may or may not know in that instance. And with what I read in that mom's post, it broke my heart because I could see her anguish and I could see her pain and I could see that she really wanted to be an advocate and she wanted to help. Um, and having that conversation prior to this, Jill said, in order to be an advocate, you have to teach your kid. Like, the, what, what can you control? Right. You have to make sure that you're teaching your kid right from wrong. You have to teach your kid to be a stand-up. And the word that's going around in conjunction with this um, Preston Lord case is be the upstandard. Mm -hmm. Be the person who, if you took cell phone footage of what happened that night, goes to the police right, right. away, delivers right. that as evidence without question, stands up for somebody being bullied. And in situations like this, that can be very scary to raise your child to be that person because then you question, well, if they stand up for themselves or somebody else, are they going to be the next victim? Right. And unfortunately, you cannot control that. Right. You can't control that from happening. And I my heart, like I said, just went out to this mom because I could see both sides, her 100%. really wanting and pushing and pushing and the daughter just pushing her hand up and saying, I, I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Well, and she said that in her post yeah, that their um, communication has drastically been reduced. I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. And if you've been in that situation before or if you can see yourself in this story, it's okay. It's okay. And you can repair it. Mm -hmm. What we don't want you to do is continue to allow the silence to kind of have that be the standard and come back to your daughter to just say, hey, I have completely overset my boundaries. And right, take responsibility. I am overwhelmed and scared and I don't know what to do. That's okay. That's showing her that you're human and that you can then recommit. Hey, my commitment to you moving forward is that I'm going to ask you questions and I'm also going to be okay with you telling me that you've had enough and that, that you don't know. And and that that will be enough. And that's it. I recently saw a quote and I actually took a screenshot of it because it was so it just for me as a mom, it spoke to me and I feel like this is going to resonate with the conversation that we're having. 
and it said, teach your kids to stand up for the underdog and to protect their friends when they are down. Remind them that it's okay to not always be the cool kid and being different is a gift. Instill them that being kind is always better than being cool. And in this conversation, I think that is so incredibly important. Leaning into your daughter's unique strengths and gifts and letting her know that being an upstandard is cool no matter what. And she might look at you and roll her eyes. There are not enough fingers and toes on my person (laughs) to count the amount of times that if my mom would have said something like that to me, I would have rolled my eyes. But at the ripe old age of 35, I see it. And we don't, our Jill and I's purpose in doing this work and hosting this podcast is to bridge the gap so they don't have to wait until they're 35 to figure out that being kind is being cool. Mm -hmm. And I think we can close out with this. Um, One thing that I'll give Jill a ton of credit for is finding inspiration everywhere. And her lens of doing that has made me look for more inspiration. And I was watching um, ESPN the other night, and one of the commentators was talking about a coach that he had. And this coach is all over the media because of how friendly he is with his team and how he's on the field and how he's talking to players and he's up in everybody's business. And he I goes, I've that. never had a coach like that before. The coaches that I've I've had have treated the game like a revolving door because you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. He said, what this coach did for me was create that personal relationship. He got to know me and he was then able to teach, not discipline. Now, I don't want to get that confused because discipline is necessary in certain circumstances, but sometimes discipline is that dictatorship Mm -hmm. of listen to what I say. Not as I do. Not as I do. When teaching is really trying to prepare them for the next chapter of their life. And realistically, that is what we will hang our hat on is you're not raising kids, you're raising adults. And you have to be able to teach them these things so they can take the lessons and move to the next chapter of their life and be the upstander in that next chapter. I love it. So with that, everyone, take a big, deep breath. We got this. We're parenting with you. And know that you're doing a great job. Parenting is hard in this day and age. And my goodness, um, conversations like this are hard. But you know what? It's not turning a blind eye. It is leaning in and checking in on how you're handling situations like this, news like this, and having the awareness to have the hard conversations with your kiddos. Because trust us, they will Thank you for asking those questions. And the more hard conversations that you have, the easier those hard conversations become. I think that's also a really great lesson as a parent to bestow onto your children so they're not withholding or shoving down because that's not fun. (laughs) Coming from (laughs) personal experience. Two people who did that. Oopsies. (laughs) Anywho, until next time, y'all, we'll see you on the next episode of What's the Lesson? Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to What's the Lesson? If you're feeling the same I-can-do-anything attitude that we are, here's how you can keep the momentum going. Spread the good vibes. Share this episode with your friends, family, or give us a shout-out on your social media. Fancy a trip to iTunes Town? We're all ears for your ratings and reviews. Seriously, we read each one of them. Your thoughts are like gold to us. Lastly, let's be friends. Hang out with us on social media for more awesome content and behind the scenes action. And until we meet again, remember our golden rule. 
turning those WTF moments into WTL moments is a superpower. Practice is always progress. And you've got this.